Welcome to In The Jar, where a friendly face ain't far. Now sit your ass down for a while. Let's have a cigar. First clip. So the Cowboys lose to the Green Bay Packers in the wild card round of the NFL playoffs, 48-32. to 32. Now, the score to this game, I think, is a bit deceiving. Running it back, I was astounded that that score was what it was so late. Dallas fought back in, and at one point, the Packers were up 27 to nothing towards the end of the second quarter. My thoughts on this game are that Dallas came in thinking that they had a gimme. A lot of people sleeping on Jordan Love this season. Not anymore. You see these um you see these fans these Cowboys fans, every year, this is our year, every year the same thing happens. And so I'm sitting here thinking, where does that sense of pride come from at this point? I'm hitting the hard things early. I watched this game in awe of what we just saw in that play. Here, run it again. Run it again. He's wide open. It looks like a blown coverage in a high school game. You know, like, it, it truly blew me away. Looking back on the game, it truly blew me away. And um, Cowboys fans started to leave in droves after this play. And here's a clip for that. I always get really annoyed with a fan base that starts leaving in the middle of the game. Do you think Detroit's fans would be doing that? I don't care how much they're down. right? You see these fans, they're leaving. How do you think the players feel when they see that? Maybe they're, maybe they're understanding. But if I was a player in the league and I look up, and people are leaving in the middle of the, what was that? I think that was the third quarter that play happened. I, I just, I, I don't get it. Um, and I saw a clip from Nick Saban. It's an old clip. And we talked about Saban a lot on, on the last episode. But um, I saw a clip that kind of reminded me of this game. The way Aaron Jones was running the football was absurd. It looked like it seemed like he was ripping off ten yards a carry every single play, automatic, um, and it, it kind of made me think about this next clip, uh, an old one from the goat, Nick Saban. Oh, 
Georgia Southern game, do you? I don't think we had a guy on that field that didn't play in the NFL, and about four or five of them were first-round draft picks. And I think that team won a national championship, but I'm not sure. And they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man. We could not stop them. Could not stop them. Could not stop them. Couldn't stop them. Because we didn't, we, we couldn't get a look at practice. We didn't practice it right. All right, and everybody said the same thing in that game. Y'all took a week off. All right, this wasn't important. All right. So it's not important to anybody else. It's got to be important to the players, and it's got to be important to us. Did anybody see that game? You saw that game? Yeah. I think we'd given up like 300 yards rushing the whole season in 10 games. That's like 30 yards a game. And all anybody wanted to talk about was how dominant the front was and how nobody could run against us. They got 300 yards rushing in one game. One game! No, dude, I literally was watching the Packers' offense run the ball the way they did, especially against the Cowboys' front that I think all year has looked really sharp. Not this game. They ran through their ass like shit through a tin horn, man. So, I mean, was I surprised that the same old Cowboys came out to play during a wild card round? Uh, no, I'm not. But I think that's a right-brained bias. My left brain wanted to think that this defense was different, that Dak was finally ready to turn the page, that Mike McCarthy was going to have enough pressure on him to push his fellas to win. It wasn't the case, and they got their ass kicked. Um, so with that, the Cowboys announced this week that Mike McCarthy will be coming back as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He talked a little bit about a championship standard. And what was weird to me is that he said the word championship standard and then went on to say, we haven't gotten to that level yet, but we're practicing at that level. I really don't understand that. I, I really, like, if you haven't been there before, then how do you know? I mean, um, at least with this organization, how do you know what the standard is with, with these guys? I was really shocked that they were bringing him back. I for sure thought that McCarthy was out that he was going to be fired after this game. But it, it seems like Jerry Jones is really sold on whatever this guy's doing. Um, so in other news, the Las Vegas Raiders announced this week also that they are bringing on interim head coach Antonio Pierce full-time. I mentioned this last week, kind of talking about the Balachek move. And Max Crosby saying that he was going to request to be traded if Antonio Pierce wasn't hired. I have a hard time believing that that was not the main driver in the Raiders bringing back Antonio Pierce. Not just that. I mean, I, I think I think Crosby is, is serving as the spearhead, the leader. That whole locker room is behind that guy. You know, the way that team played going down the stretch, how could you argue that a player's coach, a coach that played in this league for so long, um, you know, wasn't going to be the right candidate, the right fit. I think he's going to be there for years to come. I think the Raiders are going to have more success than they ever imagined having with the interim head coach that came on in the middle of the season. And 
And, you know, I talked about this last week, but, you know, you want somebody that guys want to play for. You want somebody that guys know have been in their shoes before. So I think it was a great move by the Raiders. Um, and, you know, that is definitely uh, dupe approved. In other news, the Falcons also uh, completed a second interview with Bill Belichick this weekend. Um, I really like it. I wouldn't have expected Bill Belichick to ever, um, you know, come on with an organization like that. And I heard pundits talking about it. I heard insiders talking about it, which the contrarian in me wanted to believe that, you know, that wasn't enough. But we are seeing the facts of the situation. Belichick is interviewing with the Falcons, and it seems like they're in serious consideration to bring him on. So we'll see. I I don't know how much instant change is going to come within that organization's performance. Belichick's obviously the greatest of all time in, in professional football, in my opinion. But, you know, I talked about it last week with Vrabel and the Titans. Personnel is a big deal, especially in this league. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring Belichick on for GM duties as well. I'm, I'm really interested to see that. Okay, next clip. The Browns and the Texans kicked off the wild card week. Um in some say what would be dramatic fashion, the Texans beat the shit out of the Browns. 45-14. to 14. Joe Flacco throws two pick sixes consecutively. Here's a clip for that second one. Run that back, run that back. They want it. Flacco dials it up. Big tap again. Christian Harris. He was just sitting on that thing. One more time. I mean, he's literally sitting in his own coverage. And it's just right there. I mean. That's a linebacker's wet dream, folks. That's a linebacker's wet dream. Sitting back in zone coverage and you jump on a ball like that. I was astounded at how Flacco played. And, um, you know, I think he played great to start the game. Kept him in it. And then I went to the grocery store, I believe. I went to the Sprouts Farmer's Market in the middle of the game. And I pick my phone up to check the score, and all of a sudden it's a blowout. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, how did that happen? Well, two consecutive pick sixes is going to make a football game a lot different. So the Texans got the Ravens this weekend. Uh, in fact, as this is being shot, the game has kicked off. So we'll have our thoughts on that next week. But – uh, Texans are playing unbelievably. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they really hung in the game with the, the Ravens, who I think are, are head and shoulders above um, everybody else in the league right now. Okay, next game, Lions-Rams. 
Lions defeated the Los Angeles Rams 24-23 to in what I thought was the best game, uh, probably what everybody thought was the best wildcard game of the weekend. And we'll show it here in a little bit, but the Lions fans are absolutely ecstatic right now. They've never I, – I talk about the Cowboys fan base – and you think about the Lions in a different the Lions fan base in a different regard here. They are the exact opposite of that. Those those folks would not leave regardless of what's going on. And even though I'm incredibly impressed with the Lions, they're my NFC championship pick. I had to point out this clip from Puka Nakua um, for a, a really nice third down conversion. Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> run it back, run it back. Listen to this hit. And he ain't a big guy either, dude. Nakua ain't a big guy. He's obviously stout. One more time. I got to hear this one more time. It was so loud that I just ashed my cigar on myself. But what a hell of a play, man. I mean, uh, Nakua, fifth-round pick, sets every single rookie record in the book. Right? I think receptions, receiving yards. I don't know if he got the touchdown record or not. But holy shit, dude. Guy makes a play on a crucial third-down conversion. Um what a pick by the Rams, and my God, I mean, not the result you wanted, um, you know, exiting in the wild card round, but who would have thought that they would even have been where they got, right? And you got all these young players, right? You literally got this kid that made this play in the fifth round of the draft. So um, they're going to have a lot of good stuff going on each year, and I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna bank on McVeigh being in, being in the mix. Right, McVeigh's a guy. Uh, he's a professional. He understands the game, loves it, and um, you know they'll be back. But the main story of the week are the Detroit Lions fans' response to the first playoff win in thirty some odd years. Here's a season ticket holder of sixty six seasons. I can't remember his name. It's going to be on the video, but this is the next clip. Amazing that we got this far. Uh, and I, I did try to hold back tears. Uh, other people, there were a lot of people that were crying. Of course, it was the loudest that I've heard over the years. The week before the Viking game uh, was very loud, but not like last night. It's not the same old lines. There's another clip of a, a guy that a clip of him went viral because he was literally sobbing as the Lions closed out their first playoff win in, in 30-something years. And he talked about how he lost his dad at 14. And he said one of the one of the main things he did with his dad was go to Lions games. 
and he couldn't help but think about his dad um, and knowing he was looking down, watching that first playoff win and, and couldn't help but break into tears. I mean, magnificent work by the city of Detroit. Um, there's a little story about David Montgomery, Lions running back going around right now, um, saying that he was pumping gas this week when a woman approached him in tears and thanked him for the Lions playoff win. Montgomery hugged her and thanked her for believing. It's really hard to not want this city to win. It's really hard. And a guy like Dan Campbell being in charge of all of it makes it that much better. A former Detroit Lion player himself, right? He was part of the 0-16 squad back in the 2000s. And now he's leading this organization to their first playoff win in decades. It's really magnificent to see. I'm fired up to watch the Lions. And we'll get our pick for that game uh, here shortly. Next clip. Thought he was going to pull up at the beginning of that run. One more time. I thought he was going to pull up right there. God, man. What a big tree that boy is, dude. Fucking Josh Allen. I can't imagine. I've got to think that of all the quarterbacks in the league that pass rushers hate tackling, it's got to be this guy. I mean, he's just, he's fucking huge, dude. There's no other reason why he'd have a cannon for an arm. And then he's got tree trunk legs. He's sitting there. Here, run this clip. One more time, we'll run this clip. Right there, I think he's going to pull up. Breaks a tackle. And the thing about the, the thing about the NFL players that really amazed me when I was spending time with the Indianapolis Colts in their facility every day, sometimes I walk by and see practice and um, I knew how big these guys were. When you see these guys in person, it's like, holy shit. Like their size is one thing. And then you see him out in the practice field. I walked by the practice field. I remember I had walked by uh, Mo Alley Cox during the day, who's a tight end for the Colts. And then I saw him moving out on the practice field. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, this guy could beat me in a race, too. This guy could crush me. And he could beat me in a race. So you see a guy like Josh Allen running like that. And I'm sitting here thinking, how does a guy that big – have that much speed too you know what i'm saying like during the clip when i say you know i thought he was going to pull up there he breaks the tackle after that he just got away he literally just ran away and that guy is probably 6'5 6'6 230 240 pounds moving like that um bills ended up beating the steelers 31 to 17 
Steelers blocked a field goal while the Bills were up 21-0, and that really kind of made the game closer than it should have been. Uh, a little special teams mishap, but um, Chiefs are coming to Buffalo this week for a divisional matchup, and we'll have the pick on that as well. But, um, you know, I saw a clip on Twitter that I had to share with you guys, and uh, it's a clip from the Chappelle show. And it, it says, Tony Romo watching Josh Allen's. Uh, <laughs> I love. So here's the thing about me, folks. I love um, when commentators kind of get made fun of um, a little bit because they all have their tendencies. And I'm rambling, but. Um, you know, Romo watching watching something, reacting to it. Collinsworth, ah, ha, ha, you know, all these guys reacting to stuff. Um, it, it's cool. I, I love the game of football. And, uh, you know, not many close games this weekend. Eagles lose to Tampa Bay unexpectedly 32-19. to 19. I, saw, I saw a graphic this week. It said the Eagles' point differential in their final seven games was minus 90. That means that the teams they played uh, scored 90 more points than them. Um, and you really hate to see it. I think I think it's good for football when Philadelphia is is on top. Um, it's it, it was hard to see, you know. And, and starting with that Seahawks game, I think, was when things really started getting rough for them. Um, I, I got a clip that they'll uh they'll put up here but it says drew lock ended the philadelphia eagles franchise in this video dude it's so hard they're sitting there gooning dude they're gooning um but you know that game was a a tough one for the eagles um look to see what the bucks um do today sorry what are Let's, who do the Bucks have? I'm blanking. Um, who do the, uh, the Bucks have? So we got Packers, 49ers today, and then we got yeah, um, Buccaneers, Lions tomorrow. So we'll have the pick for that game. Um, but you know, it'd be interesting to see how the Bucks play against the Lions. Like I said, I, I really I'm rooting for Detroit, and I think they've got um, the best team right now. But um, yeah. Those are the jar jams for the week. Um, we'll kind of wrap it up and, and go into kidding here shortly. Okay. On this week's segment of kidding, we started off in Russia. We will remain in Russia for the duration of this kidding segment. First clip. Boy's just throwing them. How did he get up after that? Did he drop him twice? I saw this clip and I had so many questions. Okay, number one. What is this guy... Why is this guy wearing his full fit? He drops him. 
But then they stand him back up. Dropped him again. That guy in regular clothes kind of... I'd love to get an explanation on this. Maybe in the next show we'll um, look up exactly what was happening here. But my first question is, why is one guy dressed in normal gear and, and why is the other... Why is the other guy dressed like he's he's getting ready to go stand somebody up for a kilo of Bam Bam, dude? You know what I'm saying? Literally, all that big guy has to do. I mean, the guy in the regular fit, the guy in the regular what a fighter's supposed to look like, um, kind of looks like a piss ant. Um, you know what I'm saying? He's throwing his shots real wide. It'd be easy to just kind of. I feel like throw something down the middle and crack him, especially with this guy being that much bigger. But on the flip side, why would the guy, why would the big guy, the guy dressed normally, why would he not just try to collar time up? You know what I'm saying? Like grab his, grab the back of his neck and pull him in. Try to, I don't know. Somebody said that was uh that was a gang member fighting his kingpin. <laughs> Why I mean, honestly, dude, if I was the if I was the regular guy, the piss ant in, in this, comparatively speaking to the big guy, just grab his jacket, pull him in. You could even get him on the ground, try to collar choke this dude. Um, all in Russian. No idea what's going on. It's arguably my favorite part of this. Um, but, you know, what kind of production are we looking at? I love it personally. But I kind of saw that clip and I said, you're kidding. You're kidding. We're going to keep it in Russia for this next clip. Um, this guy I found on Instagram, I think he's a bodybuilder. Strong man, competitor, something like that. But this reel caught my attention because the stare out of this man's eyes grasped grasped my soul um, through the screen. Here it is. here he is. My winter routine: three minutes in cold water. Fire. Try it too. Uh, the stare, dude, at the end. Try to privet. <laughs> I, dude, so fire on the cold plunge. If I had access to that every day, dude, just some like a body of water outside every day in fucking Russia, dude, I'd imagine that's, that's pretty damn good for you no more than three minutes and it don't look like he dunked his head so that's why we didn't put this on dupe approved just kidding i i don't know man i i think great habit um scary stare out of the this man's eyes um and i'm sitting here thinking uh you know he's a bodybuilder like could probably give him some work but then you see this next clip of him training Muay Thai. The belly hanging out, dude. Dude, run it back. Let's run it back. 
you imagine catching a bow from that guy, dude? Just a one of those. I mean, the belly hanging out is is what did it for me on this one, boys. It it, it was, and um, you know, props to a big dude like that wanting to move around, get the get the joints limber, throw some kicks, throw some bows. Um, but after that cold plunge video that I saw and, and this guy literally staring into my soul through the screen, I went to his page and I found that and, um, you know, it, it's pretty cool. I think, I think more bodybuilders should, I think everybody should venture into training some kind of martial art. Um, but you know, the, the transition's hard when I first showed up to my first gym, Back in 2018 in Birmingham, Alabama, I had just got done playing football, and I went to a jujitsu class, and um, and I I went to go get in someone's guard, and I literally couldn't sit on my heels. I lacked that much flexibility. My body was so tense from lifting all of these weights. Um, so the transition's hard. It's uncomfortable, but I think you can become a really uh, well-rounded athlete by implementing something like this into your life. I know it's highly benefited me. Um, I'd love to meet this guy someday. Shake his hand. He'd probably fucking crush it. Just shaking my hand. This big-ass motherfucker. Might throw him up on the screen just to show y'all how big he really is. Um, but, you know, I saw those clips. I saw this guy's page, and I thought, you're kidding. Another thing I saw that I thought, you're kidding, was old Stone Cold Steve Austin getting in a cold plunge. Next clip. That shit was stressing him out, boy. Nah, I mean, I was I was really surprised. So Stone Cold posted this on his story this week, and um, it looks like he's documenting his cold plunge journey. It, it seems like the bat one of the baddest men on the planet to me uh, is just starting off cold plunging. So that's kind of why you kind of get that big reaction out of him in that video, um, and submerging right away uh as you're starting that journey is really bold i started off for about 12 months just turning the shower cold after the end of end of a hot shower and uh and so submersion is a lot different than just getting a shower on uh the back of your neck it's still good but um, to jump into submersion right away is uh, really tough, and especially because the whole value in a habit like this is going to be consistency. How many days in a row are you showing up? Um, you know, you can't just do it once a week for three minutes and, and expect benefits on a, on a cold plunge. So um, props to Stone Cold, man. You know, he's got the money to get a nice rig. Um, it looks like a Morosco forge in there. Um, and 
it's it's a hell of a habit i i commend anyone starting it i can't imagine how um long our old russian friends been doing it jumping out in the fucking pond out back dude but um you know uh, cold plunging's fire it changed my whole life and um you know we're we're blessed we're blessed we keep we keep waking up and keep showing up and um you know that's what stone cold's doing so next clip all right so for dupe approved this week we're gonna switch it up a little bit we're gonna take it out in the holler okay here's the next clip Holy shit, dude. Can you imagine? That'd be, that'd be fun. I'm not going to lie to you. I just don't know if I'd be crazy enough to do that. Maybe I would. Can you imagine getting clipped by a pair of bullhorns, dude? straight up like i don't know like do, do, do the bullhorns do they penetrate the skin they have to they're they're sharp as hell um you know this looks texas as fuck whatever they're doing uh, they got a little damn uh seesaw type of thing it almost looks like they're getting crucified hanging on this damn thing um and obviously, it's well organized. You got spectators. So, whoever's organizing this is—they've uh, been doing it for some time. Uh, that shit is crazy as hell, bro. I feel like I'm a pretty crazy human being. I'd think a second before letting a bull run at me while I'm on a damn pendulum with the other guy controlling my destiny. Um, you know, so. Um, that's dupe approved for sure. Next clip. But, uh, six bush light, six bud light, and I love them. Tall boys. Tall boys? Uh, how much would you drink a day? Well, what day? A regular day, I don't know. Maybe uh, a couple beers. Depends. couple we beers. Maybe, you know, five beer. Five beer. Five beer. Well, that's just not uh, feasible. Not in this country. Come on, man. Two drinks a week. What's that going to do for you? I mean, that doesn't even get you through a day. A reasonable amount, if you're, I mean, if you're at home, you should be able to have, like, uh, four beer. Four beer. That's just, uh, that ain't, that's just two more. <laughs> I mean, I'll have six. Yeah. That's cat. Well, what's more healthy? Four beers or two liters of Coca-Cola? That's cat. So I'm guessing that this information about the new guidelines is going to change your it, It's heartbreaking and I can't even believe it. Rock and roll! Heartbreaking. Pulls his tooth, dude. Pulls his tooth, dude. He's literally sitting there like this. And his, his fucking tooth's coming out. He's pushing it in and out, dude. This guy is... Whether you like it or not, the male embodiment of health. Okay, two beer. 
Yeah, that ain't enough. Four beer, five beer, six beer. Hey, that's enough to get you through the day. I wonder where the hell he's from. He sounds like he's from like Michigan or something like that. Midwestern fuck, dude. Midwesterners, I think, drink more than anybody else, dude. Southerners, okay. You got Roll Tide Willie. Take your swaller. What you think of that, Willie? Well, Willie? You know? But this guy, this guy says, hey, two beer. Two beer. That's not enough. Two beer a week. Oh, you kidding me? Why are they telling me what I can and can't do with my life? Okay? I'm going to have six beer a night, right? Because I work a hard job. I'm a blue-collar guy, right? I bet this guy loves football. I bet he loves some smash-mouth goal line defensive football. I'd sit down. I'd I'd have a beer with this guy. I don't love alcohol, right? I'm more of a smoker myself, but... I can appreciate a football guy when I see one. Been there, done that. And um, this guy, man, you know, like, what, what are we talking here? I'm on this clip one more time. But, uh, six bush lights, six bud light, and I love them. They got him 12 tall boys. Well, what day? Regular day, I don't know, maybe a couple beers, depends. Weekend, maybe, you know, five beer. Five beer. Four beer, dude. Four beer. Um, hell, man. I'd like to have this guy on the pod one day. Just talk to him about life. Have a drink. Maybe knock out a cooler or two while we're at it. This guy's got six tall boys, six bush light, and I forgot what the other one was. Um, maybe Bud Light. You know, Bud Light's coming back. Seems like Dana White's bringing it back. Single-handedly, uh, saw Joe Rogan drinking a Bud Light in the green room over at the Comedy Mothership. Uh, clip of him the other night. All the boys hanging out. Um, so yeah, that guy. Wish I knew his name. Might try to find out more about him. But um, that clip is dupe approved. Next deal. Okay, so a Miami tight end is returning for a ninth season in college. You heard that right. Nine years spent at, I would believe, the University of Miami football program. 25-year-old Cam McCormick is a guy who in 2016 – oh, he wasn't at Miami hallway. 2016, he redshirted at Oregon. 2018-21 – he missed seasons due to injuries and COVID-19. That's where these guys are able to hang around their college programs um, way longer than has ever been conventional. It's COVID, right? So you got your you got a medical redshirt year, you've got a regular redshirt year, and you've with COVID. Let's say you were in college on a program in 2019, you got your COVID year. So that's three. Okay, so. I was wondering where the other two came in, right? So 2016, he got his red shirt. Okay, 2018 through 21, did he get two medical? I wonder if he got two medical red shirt seasons. Um, but it looks like he didn't play those three years. So you're on year five or six. 
before you even really used any of your eligibility. Returns to play at Oregon, transfers to Miami, returning for ninth season. I wish that timeline went into a little more detail. Um, and and we'll pull up, you know, whatever we got to to, to figure it out. Maybe get with y'all next week on an update. But this guy is in the same high school recruiting class as Jalen Hurts, Nick Bosa, Justin Herbert, DK Metcalf. And you think about how long those guys have been in the league, man. NIL era, COVID era, all this stuff around college football is changing. That's why you're seeing situations like this. I think over the years they'll tighten it up. Obviously, I would hope we wouldn't have another COVID year or anything like that. Joe Biden, I'm talking to you. China, I'm talking to you. Let's not do that again, okay? But that's why you're seeing all of this, um, you know, psyops aside, right? I mean, it's just joking, just jokes, kidding. Um, all right, on fire this week, on fire, on that's fire this week, I've got a special clip for y'all. It's the Batman and the Joker out on the slopes. Cole, you're gonna love this shit, dude. When I show it, when you see this on. Fire beat, too, dude. Dude, he's doing little hops in between. Look at him weave. Dude. Run that back. I wish I could run like that, man. I think Batman's on a snow... Yeah, he's on a snowboard. Where are they? He's like screaming out while he's riding. Where are they? Where are they? Joker's going... Joker's out there going... <laughs> Dude, that shit's fire. Um, honestly... I haven't skied or snowboarded in a long, long time, but uh, next time I do, I'm going to let out that little Joker laugh and, and uh, see what we're working with, man. Maybe it'll mitigate some of the fear I have of snapping my literal bones, um, which is why I don't ski or snowboard that much. You got the Arizona Snow Bowl about uh, two, two and a half hours north of Phoenix, where we currently are, and um, it's mid-january so might be coming up uh time to to face some fears dude batman and joker kind of inspired me a little bit um so yeah that's that's fire next deal so it looks like kroger installed 20 bedding kiosks in cincinnati and dayton um close to my hometown of Lexington, Kentucky. So you're seeing sports betting being more widely accepted, not just by the public, but by businesses. And I was shocked at the creativity uh, behind this. The tweet you're seeing on the screen says, I'm going to the grocery store. You want anything? Yeah. 
a 600 plus 600 single game parlay for the bills chiefs game can you imagine like you know your wife's going to grab you know whatever for game day buffalo chicken dip uh you know some sliders stuff like that and you just say yeah babe could you uh here's here's my parlay could you could you throw that in there for me done deal it's actually genius um and the fact that it's kroger the fact that it's right in uh close to my neck of the woods um down there in cincinnati dude that's that's fire this week i'm gonna add an extra segment we're gonna call it extra point these are my picks from games this week that will be before this episode airs today in the divisional round that's going to be the buffalo bills hosting the kansas city chiefs and it's also going to be the detroit lions hosting the tampa bay buccaneers Deion dawkins had this to say about the chiefs coming to highmark stadium uh, for the first time in a while thanks is for Pat seven or eight? Seven. seven. Seven, right? He's only been here once. So he's never been here. Sim- simple as that. Pat has never been to the Bills Stadium in full effect. I'm excited because it'll be the environment will be different. And not to say it's in our favor, but stadium is our favorite. It is. Nobody says this is the most dopest feeling I've ever had. Like we've like we're having two back-to-back playoff games home. Like, come on now. Home. Like, we get the lead and go eat wings. Like, like it's it's cool. So, good luck. That's nice. You know, a home game is nice. I remember, um, you know, college a little different from the pros, but you know, when you're at home, you get to, um, you know, after a dub, you get to you get to have a house party. You get to have dinner with your family. It's it's a lot nicer knowing that after you play a hard game especially in weather like that that you can go home right home and and eat some good food um so the spread here is two and a half points as i captured it this morning now this line is subject to change i am not condoning gambling uh fuck i'm not gonna say shit like that um so if you pull up the spread to this game as I captured it, it's two and a half points. From what I hear, people I know in Vegas, odds makers, people like that, normally Vegas gives three points to the home team. I would imagine that for Buffalo in January, they might be given more. Because even though I hate to say it, on paper, I think the Chiefs are probably better all the way around but in terms of um being hot late i think the bills are are that team uh right now so two and a half point spread minus 146 if you bet the bills plus 124 if you bet the chiefs um and then the over under total set at 45 and a half i've been seeing some high over under totals uh the last couple of weeks made some money on some unders um so if i had to pick this game i'm probably gonna hit bills minus two and a half and i'm gonna hit the under 45 and a half um is my bias speaking is my anti-chiefs bias speaking uh 
Yes. So we'll see. Um, those are my picks for the week. And we'll keep a running tally of my record to keep myself accountable in all of this. And for either you guys to uh, praise me or more likely make fun of me. Um, next clip. This is regarding the Buccaneers-Lions game. About whether it's your underdog or a road game, um, to just having your backs against the wall and knowing it's, it's just your team versus everybody else when you're counted out. And it, it's always fun to be in that role. Uh, obviously, I'm pretty comfortable in it, but uh, our team has completely embraced that throughout the year. Baker is a guy that I think – you know, you, you think about a, a regular person's career. You think about a talented person that may not be putting out what everybody else expects them to put out based on their talent. And sometimes you just ain't ain't in the right spot. You ain't in the right role. You know, Baker's been referred to as a journeyman uh, by many. You know, wasn't in Cleveland at the right time. Went to L.A., spent some time with the Rams and, and the Panthers and, you know, all these different organizations. You haven't seen him play the way he's playing. So my thought is Tampa is a special place. I think it's a well-run organization. The Glazers do a really good job of running that ship. I've actually gotten the pleasure of being in that facility for a day, and um, there's definitely a lot of camaraderie there. I, I really think there's a, a sort of buzz around Tampa Bay right now um, that nobody expected them to, to play against Philly the way they did. Um, so if you pull up the spread here, um, it is six and a half points. Um, that's a huge spread, especially for a divisional playoff round. But it is at Detroit. Uh, Detroit plays inside. So that's helpful to the Buccaneers. And I think I even saw a clip this week of some dumbass journalist asking Todd Bowles if, um, how they were going to handle the weather in Detroit. And he literally looks at him and he says, you know, they play inside, right? I don't know how some of these damn journalists get as far as they do. But that's another deal. What are my picks for the week? Well, number one. I love Detroit. I want to see them win this football game. I want to see them go on to the Super Bowl and watch that city light up with all of this fanfare that we showed earlier in the show. But I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus six and a half. I think that spread's just too big. Um, and I think they are going to stay competitive. I think they are confident. I think they are hot right now. Um, I do think Detroit gets the win. I don't think there's enough value in that money line to bet that money line. Um, and I'm also going to say under 49 and a half for this game too. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm putting myself on the spot with these picks. Please do not take it as financial advice. This is solely me speaking hypothetically. Um, but we're really excited for the division round this week. We're really excited to get this episode uh, across platforms across the world. This is In the Jar with me, Clark Dupree, signing off. You guys have a great week.